All right, we do this every Sunday. We're going to do it now. Uh, just if you have your Bible, can lift it up. If not, just say this. Say, this is my Bible. I believe it is God Almighty in written form. And today, it will enter my heart, my mind, my emotions, and my body, conforming me to the image of Jesus, to the glory of the Father. Amen. Glory to God. All right. So I'm going to share uh, some things, and then uh, David Duff is going to come up and share a testimony that goes with what I'm sharing, and then I'll, I'll close it out. I believe it's going to be a really, just a really good time. Glory to God. Amen. I tell you, as we were worshiping, this Holy Spirit was just ministering to me, and just that, I tell you what, greater is he. Amen? Yes. I know we know the verse, 1 John 4, 4. I tell you what, God's greater. The enemy is a deceiver, and he's an accuser. Devil means deceiver. Satan means accuser. He'll try to accuse you uh, from your past or whatever, you messed up today or whatever. I tell you what, his accusations are lies. And he's also a deceiver. He will try to minimize who you are through Jesus the greater one in you, the word of God and anything he can, then he'll try to maximize who he is. The reality is he's simply a fallen angel and I tell you what, Jesus Christ is infinitely greater than him. Amen? And he's in you. Hallelujah. All right. I'm going to share a few things. Uh, we're talking about walking in open relationship, walking in the spirit. Very simply, my heart as a pastor is, man, every day it's real. His presence is real. His voice is real. Most importantly, the word of God's real to the point where it works in your life. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. So we've been talking about walking in open relationship, walking in the spirit, the opposite of religion, which talks about blind faith and unsurety. Glory to God. And today we're going to emphasize some different things. And one of the things we're going to be emphasizing, especially through David's testimony, is being in the right place at the right time. Amen? So many times you hear someone says, man, I was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, guess what? This is the day the Lord has made. I'm not going to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. I'm going to be in the right place at the right time. Amen? We're going to accentuate that. We're led by the Spirit of God. Amen? God has a way of you being in the right place led by the Spirit. One of my favorite stories, it's a true story, Joe Garlington, he's a, Bishop Garlington, he's a pastor in Pittsburgh. He's just great church, just tremendous teaching ministry, great pastor. And he was sharing years ago, he was in Pittsburgh, and God said, uh, he said, man, I will never leave Pittsburgh. And God sent him to Atlanta. And then he, everything was going so well that he said, I will never leave Atlanta. And God sent him back to Pittsburgh. And someone said, Bishop Garlington, what did you learn from that? He said, I learned this. I wake up every morning and say, God, I will never go to Hawaii. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. It's good to be where you're planted. It's good to be where you're supposed to be. Amen. Glory. All right. Amen. Walking in open relationship. First and foremost, we walk by the word of God. Walking in open relationship is akin to walking in the spirit. The more you walk in the spirit, the more you see you are spirit, the more Jesus is going to be real to you. Now, we're in this real world. We don't deny that. We have real challenges. We don't deny that. What we deny is that 
the world, the flesh, and the devil, and this is what we're going to talk about next week in the context of authority, bow our, their knee to us, glory to God, through the image of Jesus, through the Holy Spirit in us. When you walk in the Spirit, very simply, you're walking on the water of God's Word. You're walking in the strength of Holy Spirit, which is infinitely above ours, natural strength. You're walking in the grace and mercy of Jesus. So God has given us spiritual vehicles. I don't think we're going to cover all of them fully, but we've been talking about the Word of God first and foremost. Our born-again spirit, the reason we're born again is because God is spirit. And when you're flesh and trying to contact God, through icons and this and that and statues and religion and your own strength, it doesn't work. But when you got born again, the real you is, is, is your spirit. And you have a soul, your mind, emotions, willpower, personality, you live in a body. And you hear God's voice with the ears of your spirit. You see God with the eyes of your spirit. You experience his presence and through your spirit. You have faith through the mind of your spirit. And uh, so you're born again spirit, Holy Spirit in you, the word of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, worship, it's awesome. Prayer, praying in the spirit, praying in tongues, fellowship, the voice of God, fasting, fivefold ministry, visions, dreams, amen, all get you in the spirit realm. And when you're in the spirit realm, it's just like a, a great well, you know, that he's king of the ocean. No one can come against him. But if you see a well that's been beached, what happens? He gets out of the water. Man, that's what happens with Christians. That's how they fall away. That's how they get discouraged. Amen? You get out of the spirit, out of the water of God's word, out of the water of fellowship with others, out of the water of obedience. What happens is you drift more and more to a lower depth of water. And before you know it, man, you can be beached. Well, glory to God, God has the ability to put you back in the water if you are beached, amen? But glory to God. I tell you, the more, the more deep the water is that you enter into, the more easier it is to walk in Jesus. The better it is, the more you experience him, amen? So we walk in the spirit, glory to God, and that's the key to open relationship, amen? All right, I want to share a verse that... Uh, Kind of lay a foundation for David is going to share. And just a, a very powerful verse in Ephesians 3.20. You could go there with me. Most of us know this verse, but let's read it. Amen. Glory to God. Ephesians 3.20. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah, God. Mm. It says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, Above all that we can either ask or think, according to the power that works in us, unto him be glory and honor and praise. So God's saying, whatever your need is, I can do exceedingly and abundantly beyond the need that you have. Amen? Sometimes we think that, okay, there's only one way for God to meet our need, and God has a thousand ways. God always gives more, amen, than enough. El Shaddai, one of his names is the God that is more than enough. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
So first of all, before we enter in, though, to that which is more than enough, we have to enter into that which is enough. Amen? And God's will for us, for all of us, according to his word. Let's just look at a few things. Then we'll start to look at some things that are just beyond the norm. Amen? But the norm is really good with God. And then we're going to look beyond the norm. Amen? And David's going to share, and I'll come back and share some other things. All right? Salvation. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, God is not willing that any should perish, but all should come to the knowledge of the truth. It's amazing. There's still millions of Christians that believe that, and according to the doctrine of election, that you know God selects some people to be saved and other people not to be saved. Again, that's deception, the devil trying to negate the will of God. Amen? Hallelujah. God's salvation is for everyone. Glory to God. Faith, hallelujah. Faith, glory to God. It, man, it is right there in front of us. It is inside of us. Faith is, man, it is part and parcel, amen, of salvation. Sometimes when you talk to somebody about salvation, he said, yeah, I know I have eternal life, and obviously that's key. But there's so many people, they know they, they, know they have eternal life, but they never enter in to relationship in the, in the fullest. The Bible says in John 17, 3, eternal life is knowing him. Amen? It, you know, when someone dies, it's just a change of address. Amen? Glory to God. But eternal life is knowing him, experiencing him, enter into each of these spirit vehicles that we've shared. Faith is amazing. Hebrews eleven six 6, you know, without faith, it's impossible, man, to please God. You first must believe that he is, and second, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Amen? Hebrews 11, 1 says, faith is the substance, it's a divine substance, glory to God, of things unseen. It's the reality of things unseen, glory to God. So when you walk in in faith, and again, you'll walk in faith when you know that you've been given faith. When you're born again, it's part of who you are. You're not and I'm somebody that's struggling and has to find faith. You're someone that has faith because you're born again and a child of God. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. But faith is amazing. Glory to God. And again, the more we're in the spirit, the more the words in you, the more your faith will be developed and the better it is. Again, we said faith is knowing that you know even when it looks like it's impossible to believe something. Faith is knowing that you know. Glory to God. And it's seeing. Man, through the eyes of your spirit, it's knowing through the mind of your spirit just like you know and through your natural mind that one plus one is two, you know that you know that Jesus loves you. You know that you know that he died for you. You know that you know that he has his best in mind for you. Glory to God. And it's something that you see. Last Sunday we utilized that simple expression. You, you know, do you, do you see what I'm saying? When you say something, it causes people to see. 
God's word, the Bible says in Psalm 119, 130, we quote this a lot, but it bears repetition. The entrance of his word gives light that you can see the God that you serve through the eyes of your spirit. The world says, what are you talking about? You see the face of God through the word of God when you read it. So when you're in a time of trial, glory to God, his face is before you. His presence is before you. And we shared a lot about that last Sunday. Glory to God, the eyes of God. Hallelujah. Man, it's, it's an awesome thing. Amen? To know the end from the beginning. Romans 12, 3 again says, All of us, every person who's born again has been given the same measure of faith. And we all can cultivate it to the degree that we want to. Amen? That's why the enemy tries to keep you out of the word so much. All right, let's keep, let's keep going. These are the basics of the faith, but they're the keys. Someone says, well, I want more. I want to raise the dead. I want to do this. I want to do this. Well, you have to have the foundation first. You can have a nice house you want to have, but you don't have a foundation for it. The Bible says, man, when no storm comes, it's going to crash. Amen? But the foundation is the most awesome thing. The foundation's knowing him. Philippians 3.10. I've given up everything. There is things to give up. That I might know him. That I might experience the resurrection power within him. And I might give my life fully to him. Because it's a privilege, not an obligation. Glory to God. Hallelujah, Jesus. So we enter into a place where... Yet the foundation is amazing. The foundation is amazing. Because it's Jesus. Glory to God. The love of God. Romans 5, 5. The Bible says that, man, the love of God has been shed abroad in your heart. Who? By the Holy Spirit. By Holy Spirit. The Bible says, you not received the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. So it's amazing. Isaiah 53, 4 says, He has borne our griefs and our sorrows. That which is of grief, that which is sorrow, God let it run its course on him so you wouldn't run its course on you. Amen? Glory to God. Man, when the devil tries to come against me, one of the things that God helps me with, I make the confession, whether maybe it's some hot headache trying to come on me. I said, no, you've already ran your course on Jesus. You don't get to do it again. You don't get to do it again. You already ran your course on Jesus. He purged you. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, he purged your sinfulness. He purged our sickness. He purged our grief and our sorrow. What's it mean to be perfect? I mean, to let something run its course through you to experience it. He obviously didn't sin, but he let, he purged our sins. He who knew no sin became sin. We might become the righteousness of God in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. So this is the foundation. This is the foundation. Glory to God. We need to be excited about it. And the biggest thing is his life reigns in us. It's not something we get up every day and say, hey, I want to make this happen. We get up and say, God, I thank you 
I thank you as I'm in your word, as I'm just walking the light I have. You make it happen. Amen? Amen. You make it happen. I tell you, you're not going to ever be able to make it happen. Because a man can plant and a man can water, but only God makes it happen. Amen? Faith is believing that when you do your small part and take away the stone, he'll do the raisin. Faith is believing when you believe the word of God that he's given you faith to believe with, he will cause it to come to pass. Amen? You can't cause it to come to pass. It's not in your job description. You can't change someone's life. Anybody's life, including your own. But grace is him changing your life as you give yourself, as man, you just do your small part and he gives you grace to do that. Amen? So it's, it's, it's exciting. Third John 2 says, I desire you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's part of the foundation. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Then Philippians 2.13 again, it says he's in you to give you the desire to walk with him and to cause it to come to pass. Hallelujah. So the foundation is the key. But I tell you, when you have a foundation, then God can build upon it. Amen? Amen. And part of that foundation is the fruits of the Spirit. Unselfishness. Amen? Man, where you're, you're just kingdom-oriented, God-oriented. We say, you know, the acronym JOY, Jesus, others, you. Amen? I tell you, that's a good, good way to express it. But if we just look at God goes beyond. And Mark 6, 7, and 8, I'll just share this before David comes to share. Uh, get you ready, okay? Amen. And, you know, when he multiplied the bread and the fish, we've said this many times, that there wasn't any reason to do it except he wanted to. Mostly all these people had money. They could have easily gone to the surrounding villages and bought food. So why did he do it? Just because he wanted to. Jesus doesn't just want to meet our needs. He wants to go beyond meeting our needs. He wants to bless us financially to meet our needs, but also we can give to others. Amen? To give to the kingdom. He, God is the God that's more than enough. Man, Kathy and I, when raising our kids, a lot of times we didn't have the, all that money in the world, but man, when our kids needed something, if they whether it was a prom dress or something, we always did our best to give them more than what they asked for. That's what parents do. How much more does Jesus do it? Amen? Amen. Glory to God. He's the God, El Shaddai, that's more than enough. Praise God. Again, man, he fed, you know, 20,000 people, Mark 6. It says 5,000 men were there. There's always more women than men at a meeting. Amen? And then there was little kids there. We know there was little kids there because they got the bread and the fish from a little boy. Glory to God. But man, there were baskets left over. Man, when he told them that they fished all night and they didn't catch anything. He said, let down your nets. And Peter says, man, you know, you're the carpenter, we're the fishermen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but they said, at your word, because you're more than a carpenter. You're king of kings and lord of lords. We will do what you said. Man, they laid down their nets and they were bursting from the seam. 
They're bursting from the seam. Why? Because God's a God that's more than enough. They had to ask other boats and ships to come and, and take in the harvest. So God wants us to understand. When we feel like, man, just help me to tread water. And sometimes there are days, man, you're just walking by faith, and that's a good thing. At the same time, every day, God's spirit will cause us as we walk by faith to explode into knowingness, into believing, so we walk in the kingdom of God. Righteousness, knowing that we're righteous through the blood of Jesus. Peace, man, there's nothing like peace, isn't it, that Jesus gives? Peace means nothing missing, nothing broken. And it means when it seems like something's missing or broken, as we continue on, it'll be fixed. And joy in Holy Spirit. Joy is our strength. Amen? In Holy Spirit. All right. Amen. All right, this time, I'm going to ask David Duffy to come up and share. David has been with us in Bible study, and he has a powerful testimony. Take your time. Amen. Glory to God. And he's a, just a great guy. You're starting your master's degree at SRU, right? Yes. Amen. Well, just share here and amen. Look at the camera. Look at these guys. Whatever you want to do. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, hello. I'm David Duffy. I've been coming to Bible study for, started up last semester, I believe. It's been pretty nice. Uh, but I came today to share my testimony about the miracle I was uh, God blessed me enough to be a part of and to help somebody in need. So it was October 16th, 2022. I had just finished up a four-day drill weekend, and I was driving home. And the crazy thing about that day is, well, a lot of crazy things happened that day. But we had been released early from drill, which never happened. Uh, we got out around 12.45. I was all excited. I was be able to like listen to the Steeler game as I drove home. I could finally like catch it. And I was driving home and I was on the turnpike. And I had just pulled over into the actually before I even pulled over into the left lane. Uh I was driving, talking on the phone with my girlfriend, and I remember seeing this green daddy long legs kind of peer down from my car, standing right down in front of me. Freaked me out a little bit. So I pulled over into a rest stop to search for it, trying to find it, get it out of my car for about five, ten minutes. <laughs> Freaked me out, though. And, <laughs> and I, yeah, I spent five or ten minutes searching around for my car, couldn't find it, went inside to use the restroom fast, came back out, got back out on the turnpike. And I'm, I do like to speed a lot, so I'm never in the right-hand lane ever. I'm always in the left trying to pass vehicles and get home faster. But I figured I've been gone to drill for four days, Staler game's on. I'm going to just pull over in the right lane, pull behind a semi-truck, and just relax, enjoy my drive home. Uh, probably about 10 minutes after I pulled out of that rest stop, I was driving behind this semi-truck, and... I saw it pull over to the shoulder of the road, and I thought it was just pulling over to rest. And then the next thing I know, it is crashing into the bridge in front of me. As soon as I saw that, I kind of took me by shock for a second. I was like, oh, okay, that 
just happened. So I pulled over my vehicle to the shoulder of the road as well, and I immediately got out and ran up towards the semi-truck. Uh, as soon as I got there, I'd already noticed fuel and fire had already been started, and it was at different spots around the semi-truck. And as soon as I got up to the front where the cab should be, uh, I could barely even recognize it at first. It looked like a ball of just mangled metal. I didn't know, even know where it went at first. I thought it had vanished, but I just saw mangled metal in front of me. So I start screaming for the driver because I don't know where he is in all of this. I'm almost in the middle of the turnpike, screaming and waving down uh, vehicles, just trying to get them to call 911. Finally, I hear the driver call out to me, and he's calling for help. So I run over to the passenger side window, which was the closest thing to me, because the cab had been thrown off, flipped around, and it, the windshield was facing upwards towards the sky a little bit. So I go to the passenger side window, and I see him, and I'd already saw the fuel and fire, and I know nothing good is going to come out of that. So I'm telling him we need to get him out of the truck. I start yanking on the door as hard as I can. It won't budge. And he's telling me his seatbelt is stuck. So I ran over to the driver's side to try and help him with his seatbelt. Uh, there was already fuel and fire on that side, probably no more than two feet away from the driver's side door, so I couldn't get to him that way. And I run back around to the driver's side, or the passenger side window, to try and just see what I can do from that side. And thank God, by an absolute miracle, he had managed to get his seatbelt undone by the time I had gotten back. So as soon as I saw that, I immediately just jumped in the window. Not even a second thought in my mind. Don't get me wrong, I, that whole experience, I was terrified. I mean, as anybody would be, you see fire and fuel going, and your natural response is just to want to, you know, not be anywhere near it. Uh, thank God he gave me the courage to tell that part of me to be quiet so I because in my mind there was as much as I was scared for myself there was I was so much more scared for that man in the truck because I knew he was the one who was trapped and he was the one that truly needed to get out he was the one really in danger and I'm very thankful to God that a he gave me the courage to do what I did and that I was blessed enough to be the tool he used to perform the miracle because the other day God is the true hero in the end of it. He, he was the one who got him out of the truck. He was the one that put me there to get him out of the truck. So after I was pulling him out, I jumped in the window, I grabbed him, and I dragged him all the way from the driver's side across the cab and out the passenger side window. And I'm, I'm kind of out of shape. I don't work out that often. <laughs> and I had to he, he couldn't move. He was half conscious, but he was still kind of awake, but he told me he couldn't move. So he was, it was just dead weight I was pulling uh, all the way out the window. And I think there's a, I'm trying to blank on the exact name of the Bible verse, but it's when I'm, uh, when I'm weak, God is strong. The end of the day, I mean, I was out of shape. I was freaked out, but it was God's strength and his, he gave me the courage to do what needed to be done. So as I, I remember as I was pulling him out the window, uh, finally other people from the turnpike started coming up and trying to assist me. And as I was pulling him out, that fire I'd seen on the driver's side door started to grow, and it actually grew so high it engulfed the entire driver's side window from the other side. The whole window, I, all that I could see was flames. And I was, I was pulling him, screaming, come on, doing everything I can to get him out. 
Um, once I got him fully out, other people started helping me pull him farther away from the truck. I'd say about five or six seconds after we got him out and started dragging him away, the driver's side where he was sitting at fully exploded. It erupted into flames. Actually knocked me and another gentleman down to the ground, which I did not realize that had happened until I watched the video. Because I thought I, there was so much adrenaline, I thought I just maybe tripped or something. But me and the other gentleman, after it exploded, you could see us just kind of both fall down to the ground simultaneously. Uh, even after that, I never took my hand off the guy. I just kept dragging him as best I could. Uh, finally, we got him off to the side of the road. Uh, thank God he's given me the, you know, blessed me with the leadership schools I've gone to and all my years in the service. Uh, he's, he, he gave me the knowledge I needed that day to do his will. So I took control of the situation. I started kind of like bossing people around. I was like, okay, you, you know, grab his arm. You two grab his legs. We carried him farther away from the truck. I started assessing him just for any sort of life-threatening injuries. And then uh, I'd say about maybe two to three minutes later, the other fuel tank on the truck exploded and engulfed the entire cab. Uh, all of us kind of just looked in shock that, what it just, that it just exploded again. And then one of the guys on the road was like, we should probably move him away further. I'm like, yeah, you're, you're right. <laughs> We're still kind of close. Uh, so we, I had him all pick him up again, and we moved him farther away in between another car and a, uh, the guardrail. So he would be like protected from any more oncoming traffic. Finally, uh, police, EMTs, and everything like that arrived. Uh, think hey, it was a miracle itself because that man was completely uninjured. I mean, he crashed going 70-some miles an hour down the turnpike, and he was in that driver's seat. It, it, it truly is, just at the end of the day, it's, it's a miracle in my eyes. I mean, there's no other, there's no other way to put it. It's, it's, the more I look at the video and the more I, like, tell the story and I think about it, there's everything, as he was saying. I, we all, God put me in the right place at the right time. Like, I should never, normally I would never be in that situation. I would never be in the right lane. I would never have been on the turnpike that early after a Sunday drill. But it, it truly is. God placed everything in front of me without me even realizing it. And then when it happened, he put me right there for a reason. I'm eternally grateful to God for that. Truly, I, I cannot express that enough. <laughs> mm -hmm. Amen. Thanks, David. Awesome, man. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. It's an awesome testimony in it. And I don't know who videotaped it. It's kind of crazy. But the whole thing that he shared is on, it's on video. And like at Bible study, he showed it, you know, just getting the guy out and bang, you know, it's six, eight seconds later, you know, the, where he was at exploding. And uh, God's used that testimony a lot. I mean, even all in the main... TV stations, 2411, I mean, newspaper articles, uh, I mean, even uh, the president of the university, I mean, they had a special ceremony, and, you know, and uh, it's exciting, amen, to be in the right place at the right time, amen, and uh, even gave you a little scholarship to start your master's degree program, I mean, but again, when you think about that, 
Even that daddy log leg thing, you know what I'm saying? God had to put that there, you know what I'm saying? Seriously, to get you to look in there for 10 minutes or so, go to get rest or whatever, so you could be at the right place at the right time. So it's easy to say, you know, devil, get that long lady, you know, thing away from me, right? That's true. But God could even use that. God had to orchestrate that miracle. I mean, so many things had to happen. What I want to encourage us with is two things. One, when you're in need, I believe God knows the end from the beginning, and he can have people assist you to help you, and you can be in the right place at the right time. If you break down in it, he's not going to, you know, he has assistance. So many things. Amen? And I really believe like that prophecy that we, we read through Dutch Sheets. And uh, man, if, if you didn't catch that, you're just watching this on YouTube. And, but there's a prophecy by Dutch Sheets that so powerful. That it talked about angelic assistance. Well, I don't doubt that angels were involved in that testimony. Angels were involved in that testimony. So for our own selves, you know, Psalm 91 is amazing. But I'll tell you what. To have Psalm 91 come to life, God has to orchestrate our days. Amen? And so often, and I've said this even in times past, man, wrong place, wrong time. When we get out, we need to say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Psalm 118, verse 24. And we need to know that God's going to put you in the right place at the right time. Amen? Glory to God. And second... Hallelujah. Man, be open to be a vessel of his glory. Amen? It's not about us, it's about him. Amen? And we're going to conclude by just sharing some examples with that. But there's divine appointments awaiting us. We don't want to wake up and say, ah, it's going to be the same old, same old. You know, this or that. No, it's never going to be like that. The harvest is plentiful. He will open up doors. He will cause us to be in the right place at the right time. Amen. All of us. Glory to God. And when he does, we simply need to step out in faith. Amen. Because you might say, well, I can't do that. Or I feel fearful. Or, you know, they don't, whatever. They don't want my intervention. But the bottom line is, I tell you, it's one of the ways God works. I, I tell you, I really appreciate in that testimony you shared. And uh, they could go to YouTube, right? And just type in your night. How does that work? So it's a lady named... Uh, if you just Google my name and then tractor trailer, you can pull up the WPXI article and then... Uh, okay. There's a woman who posted the full video on Facebook who recorded it on the... Wow, that is awesome. So you just go to David Duffy and then you Google, right, tractor trailer. And I'll tell you, it'd be good to share with people. Amen? Glory to God. Amen. That's exciting. Jesus is exciting. Amen? So I'm just going to share a few things off of this, you know, practically. You know, when you're praying for yourself, your children, your grandchildren, or, or anybody that's significant to you, claim by faith that they're going to be in the right place at the right time. Amen? Maybe that somebody's in 11th grade and there's a drug dealer in school. Amen? Well, that drug dealer's not going to run in to your nephew. Amen? 
Glory to God. He might be vulnerable at that time. But God, the angels of God, are going to keep him away from your nephew or your niece. Amen? Glory to God. Have them be in the right place at the right time. Sometimes with your family. It's hard sometimes to share the gospel with them. Have some, believe God that God can, is big enough to get somebody, hallelujah, in the right place at the right time to share the gospel with them. Now, it could be you, but it could be them. Amen? Glory to Jesus. I was so excited. Uh, probably about six months ago, uh, my grandson, he was on a really good traveling baseball team, but then uh, they shut it down, and man, didn't have any place to play, and on and on and on. And I just prayed, I said, God, open the door. And I was in Dick's Sporting Goods, and uh, I saw this guy with a T-shirt on, and something about baseball, I started talking to him. He said, man, he said, I coach at one of the most elite programs in western Pennsylvania. And I just explained, you know, I, he's pretty good. I don't know if he'd make the team or not. He said, I'll give him a tryout next week. And, man, he made the team, and, and I tell you, things are. But, see, God opened that door, that door. I didn't open up. Come on. This guy doesn't work every day. I'm not there hardly at all and exporting goods, and man, God connected that. Amen? Oh, man, it's, it's an awesome thing. Amen? Glory to God. Relationships. Hallelujah. Man, you know, we need to believe God as we step out. God will give us right relationships. I was with a, a, a guy that he just retired from uh, teaching at North Allegheny, and uh, we, Kathy and I helped disciple him, and his captain of basketball team at SRU years ago. He's six foot eleven. And, uh, but he said, I remember, man, we went to a college retreat, and that's where I met my wife. Glory to God. Amen? And he was saying, man, he said, I was sleeping. It was at a church we attended anyways, and it was like 2 in the morning, and someone's playing basketball, and they're, they're waking me up. And he said, I got up. I was kind of angry. There's, you know what I'm saying? I got up, and there's this pretty lady there. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. We began shooting hoops, and that was the start. Amen. God is able. Amen. Glory to Jesus. I had, uh, most of you know, uh, Reverend Terrence Smith, uh, his son Beth, Ben, we had the privilege to disciple him, and he was at SRU. And then he went into campus ministry for a while. I think he was in uh, California. And he was on, I, can't, I think, USC campus or some campus. And he was struggling with funds. And I was praying for him. And, you know, and he, he called me up and he said, you know what was neat? I can't remember the restaurant. You know, some, it was like an Eaton Park in the sense that they have a little space like for meetings, business meetings. He said, I just saw this group of guys in there. I think most of them looked like they were from like India. And, but they all had their Bibles open. He said, I just went in, introduced myself. And they said, well, what do you do? I said, I'm in campus ministry. And these guys say, you know, we're here in a business meeting where they allocate funds for ministries. And he said, do you have any needs? He said, yeah. <laughs> Jesus orchestrated that. Amen? Jesus orchestrated that. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, man. So we, we could go on and on. Uh, we've shared this testimony before. Uh, a friend of Kathy and mine, we were down Channel 40. She's a very instrumental in the station. Years ago, we were in a small Bible study, uh, and I think I'd, we prayed, I prophesied that she's going to be in, in some type of ministry like this, and everybody said, well, don't know about that, but she entered into it, but she's really a, has a good heart. But she was just sharing that uh, 
me and one of her, uh, someone she knew, a family member that was struggling with drugs, and they were, um, I guess the drug dealer sent him a message and said, your son's dying, he's OD'd, oh, and he's in Pittsburgh. I mean, how do you not get a message like that? And the dad went all through every restaurant, bathrooms, can't find him. And they had given up pretty much. I mean, you can't imagine, right? And their little, uh, their son is like nine years old. Said, I had a vision of my brother. He's in this restaurant in this bathroom. And the dad says, I've been there, son. And uh, the wife said, you know, why don't you just go back? And he found his son there. And you know what? He come back, Narcan the back, and he, man, this guy's kids walking with Jesus now. Amen. God knows where we live. God knows how to orchestrate things in our lives. But the enemy will try to get us down. He will all of us. Well, you know what? You're always getting the short end of the stick, you know. Man, you're always in the wrong place at the wrong time. Look what happened, you know, years ago. Well, it's not years ago, it's now. Amen? Glory to God. So you are ordained, and I'm ordained, to be at the right place at the right time to help others. Amen? Amen. We all can give testimonies like this. Uh, years ago, I was coming back from a, a run. It's when we lived in town. And I'm coming back. I'm, I did like a 10-mile run as years ago. And, man, I'm just yucky, sweaty. And, uh, and then I see all these people on Main Street. And I, I said, you know, what's going on? And, uh, and mother screaming and said, you know, my son got hit by a car. And then to make things worse, there's a college student. Kathy ended up going up to minister to the lady, that college student that drove the vehicle. She, she, she hit him, and it was one of those heavy cars, older cars, and then she was so afraid something happened, she put it in reverse rather than drive, and she backed up over him again. It was a bad deal, so uh, I knew the, uh, the fire truck was there, the ambulance, and the one guy is a, a friend of mine, and uh, I just went up to the mother and I said, you know, can I, can I pray for him? She said, I don't, you know, she's hysterical. And then my friend and I went up, EMT, and I just prayed, you know, prayed over him and until the uh, helicopter came. And I told mom, I said, will you do this what I ask you? I said, as you're going down with him, will you confess that Jesus that Jesus has caused my son to survive and he will be whole. And uh, she said, okay, so they got in the helicopter. I didn't hear anything. I mean, it was in the newspapers on news, but I didn't hear anything for a couple of weeks. And I was on the school board at the time. She said something to the school board because she didn't have my address. And just to thank you now, she said, I said that the whole way down, that Jesus is helping my son and he'll be whole. You know, this kid not only survived, but man, he, he's fine. Right place, right time. Amen? Amen? Glory to God. Romans 8, 14 says, We are led by the Spirit of God. Amen? Holy Spirit is big enough, amen, to take us where he wants to. Have you ever been in a place where you thought that, man, I want to go here and you get a witness from Holy Spirit that says, don't go there. Or you get a witness that says, you know, go over here. Amen? Or be ready when you get here because I'm going to use you. We're the body of Christ. Amen? 
Jesus is the head, but we're his hands and feet. You know, we behold the head. That's where our strength comes from. But God wants a body that goes where the head tells him to go. Amen? Man, if you're supposed to share with someone a giant eagle in the parking lot, and the head says, hey, I need your legs to go here and talk to her. Amen? Then we need to do it. And so sometimes you're in the right place at the right time because it's prescribed. You've been praying and praying, and you said, you know, I want to go out and share the gospel on the street today. You know, you know it doesn't have to be impromptu. You, you make a decision through the Spirit of God. It seems good to you. seems good to the Holy Spirit. And I tell you what, God will back us up. Amen? And then like the prophecy said from Dutch Sheets, angelic hosts will be involved. You know, I've got a lot to learn about a lot of things, and that's one of the areas. But more than ever before, I've been seeing that there are angelic hosts. They can influence people. You know, we always have a mindset of how the demons can influence people. You know, go here, go here, do this wrong, do this wrong. But you know what? Angels outnumber demons two to one. And I tell you, if demons can influence people, how many know that angels can influence people? Amen? They can influence people. Glory to God. They can turn misperception into perception. They can turn disfavor into favor. <clears throat> the presence of angels can strengthen. Jesus himself, different times, evidently needed the ministry of angels to strengthen him. After 40 days in the desert, those angels strengthened him. In Gethsemane, angels strengthened him. Well, if Jesus, now you have to understand, Jesus is tempted a zillion times more than we were, same types of things, but and bore the sins of the world. But we need angelic assistance. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. So we need to believe in the name of Yahweh Sehabeth, the God who is perched to move on our behalf, the God of angel armies. Amen? Glory to God. If we can see in the spirit realm, in different times God will open up our eyes, Seeing in the spirit realm like he did in 2 Kings 6 with Elijah's servant, man, they're surrounded by the Syrian army. It seems like they're going to die. And Elisha said, Lord, open up his eyes that he might see. Mm. And when the young man's eyes were opened, he saw a myriad of angels, chariots of fire, horses of fire. And peace came to him. And they had a great victory because that army was then blinded. Literally, they couldn't see. And Elisha led them out of that place. Glory to God. So I want to encourage us. We're all human in different times. It looks like the enemy has the upper hand. But he does not. He's not even close to having it, but sometimes it looks like it. And, you know, these past Sundays, God's been speaking to us prophetically and in teaching that God can make a way where there is no way. Amen? He is the way, obviously, the salvation. But he's the way, man, to get a job we need, 
they have different things happen in our lives, amen? Where there is no way. He's the truth and he's the life. Glory to God. So we want to enter in really to, especially when we're in difficult times, but even when we're in the best of times, understanding that we have leverage, even when it seems like we don't. Man, you're, you know, you might be in a class at university and man, everybody there has a, a woke left, that just, you know, there's no right and wrong, this or that, and, but God gives grace to you. Not to, you know, judge somebody wrongly in the sense, but to say, hey, for open doors to get their mind changed, to stand up. Amen? God's given grace to stand up in the midst of the fire. Because when you stand up for God, that's where Jesus is, right? Jesus is on the water and not in the boat. Jesus is in the midst of the fire and not where it's okay all the time. But he makes all the difference. So I, I really feel like the Lord's saying, man, every day we really need to see, man, through the Spirit of God in us, through the Word of God that we're standing on, through the Spirit of Revelation, we do have leverage. Glory to God. Go with me to Acts 16 where I share this and then for the last few minutes. In Acts 16, man, it looked like they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. But they weren't. God gave them a vision to go somewhere. They went. It looked like they were in the wrong place at the wrong time. Someone says, well, if I'm in the right place, there'll never be any challenges. I don't know where you ever read that at. There might be more challenges. But I'll tell you what, when you are in the right place at the right time, God will turn those challenges into victory. Amen? In Acts 16, man, they, they got this. There's a, there's a part, you know, God's moving. And then there's a, a, a girl that uh, she had a divining spirit, Acts 16, 16. I mean, she could read like a fortune teller. She could do all this stuff. It was demonic, but man, she made a lot of money. I mean, you know, the cult makes people money. And uh, Paul, in verse 18, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And the spirit came out of her and she couldn't do all this occultic stuff. So they lost all kind of money. So they went to the people that ruled this town and, and made up all these lies about Paul and Silas. And man, it says that... Uh, Verse 22, the multitude rose up together against them. The magistrates rent their clothes, commanded them to be beaten. And when they had laid many straps on them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison. And the prison, oh my, and made their feet fast in the stocks. But here's what's awesome. They knew they were sent there. This is in Macedonia they, through the vision, right? The Macedonian vision. And here's what happened. I, I, just so awesome. It says in the midnight, they start to feel sorry for themselves and put their heads down. Yeah. Now it says at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed. 
and they began to worship God. Prisoners heard them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. Immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. Oh, man. I just keep seeing explosions in the spirit. God's using this church and of course many churches in our area. Explosions. Explosions come many times. When there's challenges, you're in the right place at the right time, but there's challenges. But when you pray and worship, that's when the earthquake comes. The explosion comes. So there's a couple miracles that took place. Verse 27, the keeper of the prison awaking out of his sleep, seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoners had fled. Now, these guys are prisoners. These are bad. These are evil men, most of them. To me, one of the greatest miracles wasn't the earthquake, wasn't that the prison doors opened, is it was that none of the prisoners left. They all stayed in their cells. Come on. If you're going to get, you're ready to get hung or stoned or whatever. Man, and the prison doors open, I don't know about you, I've been running out as quick as I could. But everybody stays in their cell. Wow. So Paul cries out with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for everybody's here. Then he called for a light and sprang up and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. He brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? Glory to God. See, they were in the right place at the right time. Even the devil was saying they weren't. Mm, glory to God. And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And they speak unto them the word of the Lord and to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night, washed their stripes, and they were baptized, he and, and, and those with him. Glory to God. Oh, man. And, and then when the, you know, the, the Roman soldiers, when they found out that Man, that, you know, Paul and Silas weren't there. They were going to do all kind of things to the keeper of the job, but they didn't. Glory to God. And they let Paul and Silas go free. But here's the exciting thing, guys. The church at Philippi, you read the book of Philippians, it was by far the greatest church in the New Testament. It was by far the greatest church in the New Testament. Here's how it started. And you know why I think that the church at Philippi became so strong? Because it was born in adversity. When it was, would have been easy to say, man, I'm going to give up. Where's God? They said, I know God's still here. It doesn't look like I'm in the right place at the right time, but I am. Man, that church grew. Because, see, sometimes how you accept Christ is how you're going to walk. They walked through, they accepted Christ through the miraculous. They accepted Christ, man, in the context of people that believe God, leaders that believe God, even in a time of adversity. I think God's speaking to us. He wants us to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, and a lot of times, man, it's going to be smooth sailing. But sometimes it's not. But we're in the right place at the right time. 
even when there's challenges. There's an earthquake that's going to come. It's for real. I could go on and on when a guy that's discipled me and he was in Guatemala and uh, he was going to get hurt real bad by soldiers there years ago. And uh, God is my witness. An earthquake came and shook that whole place. For real. Just like this. Earthquakes can come in different ways. So I would encourage you. God has never mocked. We always have leverage. And the greatest way we have leverage, man, is through the Spirit of God strengthening in us. And us having a perception, a depth perception that He's with us. And man, we're walking with Him in intimacy just like Jesus did because of His blood. Man, it's, it's an awesome thing. Amen? So stand with me if you would. If you're listening uh, or watching this service and you're saying, man, I, I always feel like I'm coming short. Jesus is here to let you know the devil will try to bring harm to you. But Jesus will cause you in the right place at the right time so you won't be harmed. And if you're, you're in a place, the right time, right place, and you're facing challenges, don't take off. Don't put your head down. Worship. Pray and worship. Because an earthquake will come. Because the love of God will never leave you. Forsake you. And the spirit of triumph, it will come. Man, if your life's, you say, my life's been a mess. And you've never accepted Jesus. Now's the time. Quit putting it off. Just say, Jesus, I need you. This is the right time for me to come to you. I give my life to you. Forgive me. I believe in the blood of Jesus. Come into my life. If you, if you want that, you said that. There's a number on the screen that will help you grow in your walk with Jesus. For those of us here today, I just want to encourage you. I believe God is bringing us to a place where we know we have leverage. And I keep saying that. You have the upper hand. You fight from above. And just like Jesus, Father never failed him. He's never going to fail you. He's never going to fail you. If you need prayer as we're closing right now, I just want to encourage